The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back to another episode of Rip and Rock. You know what episode this is, Ryan? 14. Would you mind putting your phone on vibrate for this episode? That wasn't my phone. That was... I think it's I think it's episode 13. I think it's 14. Wow, your levels are loud. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Well, whose fault is that? Probably mine, but I'm turning you down a little bit. Keep talking. Isn't this great? Yeah. Yeah. Test, we, we, probably we probably should have done this before the episode started. Well, this, but This builds character. You're just a loud person. I, that You're not wrong there. That's one of the few things you've been right about. Um, Actually, I was right about the Gunnar Henderson home run. That was on, pretty cool. Yeah. That, that was, was, that was one cool. of my favorite moments. Just that, that was all time. I'll give you that. Kind There's of locking one, that in. Yeah, you, you text me because your what your uh, headphone went out or something at the gym. My headphones just like I have AirPods, and if you know they were on like thirteen percent, and I was like, do I really want them to just die at the gym and like have them in my ears, or do I want to just not bring them, listen to the gym music? And the gym music gets wacky sometimes, some crazy stuff. But like this time, they were playing. My gym usually plays some like really good, really good tunes. Like they throw in rap, they'll throw in pop, they'll throw in rock. And like just so happened, Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani comes on and I hear it. And immediately as I heard that, I texted you and like three other people because you're not, you know, you're not the most important person. You're like fifth on my list probably. And I'm like, Sweet Escape just came on at the gym. Gunnar Henderson is going to hit a home run tonight. It's a sign because honestly it was. It's like, why else would I hear Sweet Escape at the gym? Gunnar Henderson's not going to hit a home run. So Saturday night, first at bat, like he hits a home run the first inning, just a missile out the center, and I'm losing my mind. I'm jumping up and down in the sports office. I When I saw your text roll up on my phone, I'm like, I just went like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I, I, said, said I actually thing. said some other words. I said something along the lines. Oh, yeah, of, so did I. Yeah. Other, other expletives, but hey, we're having fun here, so we're going to be a little bit more family-friendly, but you guys get the picture. Uh, cool shout-out to you. And We have the timestamp. You texted me at we like do. 144. 133, I think it was. Whatever it was, yeah. it was in the day. Shout-out to you. We actually talked about it, I was saying, because, you know, in this we're getting off topic here and we're gonna get back on it, but we haven't even done the run. Female <laughs> female pop songs get the people going. Um we'd had that in 2018 in Delmarva one year. Um 
and a few of us had our had our female pop songs. We had Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, they have some pops. Yeah, some bops. Sorry, oh, yeah, not oh, some pops. Yeah, not pops. Bops rock. They're, they're little bops. And yeah, it it was, it was the good song. It was a blast. Unfortunately, I did I did Selena wrong, and I hit like a buck ninety six at home. Hit two ninety six on the road, though. By the way, shout out me on that. But one ninety six at home. I'm sorry, Selena. I let you down. Um, but it was a time we had a time in Delmarva. Why don't yeah? But enough and, about my no 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 no. And the song was "Come and Get It" by Selena. Yeah, Gomez. well, you certainly didn't come and get it at the plate on the road. You were on the know. road on the road. <laughs> no, at home. Sorry, yeah. on the road you were you were at home. Pretty phenomenal at, stats. At home was terrible. <laughs> on the road, it was it was a really a tale of two, and, and it it hurt my heart. So the downfall of your home career that season was because of Selena Gomez. That's no, who see, I see you that, refuse to blame her, but I'm I'm going out on you know I'm saying it, Selena. I'm Selena's sorry. Fault. I'm very sorry. Uh, it's not you. It's me. Okay. And it, it was me. I, you know, as Taylor Swift, other female, I'm the problem. It's me. I think she said the same thing to Justin Bieber. Selena did. Or it might have been the other way around. Who knows? Well, anyway. Let's get back to Episode 13, episode 14, whatever episode it is. We're not big numbers guys, so we no. really don't know how to count. Mm-hmm. Let's start it off with a bang. I think we just did. Home sweep home. The O's break out the brooms. That's what we're going to call this one. The O's sweep the Mets. The bullpen just looked fantastic. It was, you know, that's been one of the biggest concerns, one of the biggest question marks with this team. The bullpen. How's the bullpen going to hold up? Are they going to be able to kind of guide this team in the right direction going forward and stand tall? And speaking of standing tall, pun intended, they they definitely stood tall. Two of the tallest guys on the team. I mean, they were phenomenal in that series finale uh, sweep win over the Mets. It was a playoff atmosphere at Camden Yards. You went. Legends were honored. I didn't get an invite. Definitely going to talk about that. But sellout crowd, standing room only, and the O's just did not disappoint. And that's just a preview of what we're going to get come playoff baseball time. You know, continue to knock on wood. But, I mean, this this team looked like they're playoff. I'm going to say, right it's, ha- it's happening, but we want it to run through Baltimore. Yeah. That's what we want. That's, that's the biggest thing for sure. Jack Flaherty. Making his O's debut in Toronto, picks up a big win. The O's 27-year-old righty, newly acquired at the trade deadline. Does he need to be the guy? Does he need to be the guy? Tim Anderson, Jose Ramirez, just throwing haymakers out there. Uh, One of them landed, though. Yes, it did. And with that, we're going to talk about the top five Orioles we least like to fight. I don't want to fight anybody on the team. I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. And I avoid confrontation at all costs. I know I talk a lot of smack on here, but I don't want to have to back it up. Like, that's Mm. my thing. But I'm not one of those guys who's like, I'm not a big talker, like, outside. Like, this is a podcast we banter. But, like, avoid confrontation at all costs. Mm. Top five O's we least like to fight. Rips tips. You never tell me what it's going to be. So what do you got for us this week? I'm not going to tell you again. All right. Well, never mind. And then... We go into the O's mailbag. We're bringing that back for this episode. Then we're going to preview a big series with the Astros uh, in what could be potential playoff ma- playoff matchup for both of these teams. I mean, it could very well happen um, if it all pans out. So let's jump into the episode. The O's now winners of seven of their last eight, four in a row. They sweep the Mets. 
Bullpen looked phenomenal. Bats looked great, aside really from Sunday. They kind of it, it seems like the O's will have like a big game at the bat, you know, at, at the bat, and then that next game it'll be like, all right, they fall asleep a bit. Mm-hmm. Still got two runs and the win. So pitching stepped up. What is a series win over the Mets? They were sellers at the deadline. They got rid of Scherzer. They got rid of Verlander. This is a team that many thought could be a favorite to go to the World Series this season because they spent so much. But look at them now. So the O's take care of business and they're beating the bad teams like they should be. Big sweep over the Mets. What does it mean? What did you like from the bullpen? And going forward, I mean, three games up in the AL East. It's big for this ball club right now, Rip. You know what, Rock? It is It is big for the ball club. Sorry, I, I was trying a different voice in my head there. But in all seriousness, to your point, the squad is hot. This is the hottest team in baseball right now in both divisions or both leagues. And yes, the Atlanta Braves are, are playing some great baseball. The only two teams in all baseball that have 70 wins are the Atlanta Braves and the Baltimore Orioles. And and look, I think first off, shout out to to Buck Showalter coming back into town. That and, was cool. And that was, I'm glad he he deserves all of the praise and recognition because Buck reminded people in Baltimore and brought life to a fan base and to an organization where things were really dim for a while. And that was the best five-year run that the Orioles had had, you know, in 15, 20 years. So it was, it was great to see him, but for the team this year, this team just believes they can beat everyone. And that's what I was trying to say with this deadline, whatever was going to happen or not happen. These guys just, they don't have fear. They don't care who they're playing. They don't care who they have. They don't care what the circumstances are, they're going to go out there and can compete. And regardless of the situation, they feel they're going to find a way to win games. And that's what they're doing. They took care of business at home. And, and there was a lot of different ways, Rock. You know, I mean, today or on, on the, the finale of the series, they beat the Mets 2-0. But earlier, you know, they put up seven runs, 10 runs. They're showing, once again, their versatility of being able to absolutely mash some games, but also be able to win the close ones. And that's really great. And it should set up, and we're going to talk about it later, with the Houston Astros. That's Now it's going to be another team that you very well might run into in the postseason. So, yeah, great all around. No, it was great all around. And it was cool to see James McCann kind of have his revenge game yep. against the Mets. Big five RBI game. He was huge in that series opener, that 10-3 win. Um, it was funny. Noah Trister, he writes for the Associated Press. He covers the Orioles and the Ravens and, and other teams. Does a really fantastic job. His title of his story, the night that Buck Showalter came back, it was like something along the lines of Buck Showalter gets warm welcome in his return to Camden Yards. And then the game started. Yeah. That's literally what it was. And it was cool to see him get the video tribute. He gave a little tip of the cap mm-hmm. to the crowd at Camden Yards. I mean, he made memories there. He took that Took that team to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. 97 was the last time until 2012, and Buck got him back there. And, uh, you know, people people love him here. People really do, and they should. And his career here, I, I know, like, it didn't finish the way he would have hoped on, you know, 
I don't want to say on the wrong foot, but losing season, losing season, but it is what it is. And he's since moved on, but, but people here, like there's, there's no love lost when it comes to Buck Showalter at all. Like they, I feel like a lot of fans really truly still love him here, but yeah, to your point, players stepping up in different ways, James McCann. I mean, that was, like yeah, I said, revenge really cool games are real. By the way, like they, I know everyone said, I'm not saying it's going to happen every single time, but you don't think that game meant a little bit more to him for this case? Oh, it definitely did. And you know, man, like he, I mean, the the ball he hit that nearly left the yard, it would have been a home run in what, 29 other ballparks, I believe. I think that was, they always bring up the stats and (laughs) I'm not sure if that was the exact stat for that one, but I'm pretty sure it was because he got all of it. And, you know, just a few years ago, that that would have been a home run at Camden Yards. And we've seen so many times since that wall got pushed back, guys not only on the Orioles, but on other teams as well. They're getting screwed over by the wall and the pitchers, they got to love it. But he still got a few RBIs on that play. Oh, yeah. I mean, but the thing, what's great for him, this is, again, what you're seeing Besides the fact that it always feels good to play against your team, even if the relationship was good, it has nothing to do with sometimes it's bitter and it's personal. In some cases, it's just, you know, like in my case, I actually feel like I had a lot of good games when I played against the Nationals organization after I left them and they treated me well. I love the Nationals, love everything about what they did. Uh, They treated me so well. But when I played them or like it wasn't that just for some reason, I always seemed to swing the bat pretty well when I faced the Nats again. Uh, and McCann, it's probably a similar way. And maybe there's other things that we don't know. But what we do know is this is the reason why you're picking him up. He's got, since he's come back from that injury, the ankle injury, he has looked like the guy that can spell Adley Rutschman, give you solid production at the plate and a solid backstop for the pitching staff. And that is massive, especially as you move into August and September, where you're not trying to you know, people are worried about Adley's playing time behind home plate. Mm-hmm. McCann is very capable of of uh, burdening that load to help him and the rest of the staff. Dude, it's big for Adley to be able to just DH and not wear his legs out behind the plate every single game because that wear and tear, that's going to affect you when you get to 29, 30, 30. I mean, I'm 30 now, man. And I'm, I'm like, when I, when I get up in the morning, I'm like starting to groan like my dad. Like my grandpa, when he was, it's like when you, when you sit down, you know, you're getting old when you sit down and you stand up and you're going, uh, 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 like you're like making those noises that you don't make before. And like to that point, your, your knees, like it, it does take a toll on your knees, squatting for that long, being down there. Like, you know, Adley's caught it his entire career, his entire life, but at, at some point you're, you might not be able to catch anymore. You're going to get to a certain age. But right now it's not the age. He's young, he's hungry, but like to be able to have another guy backing Adley and James McCann that can catch, that can hit, that can step up in big situations, that's big too. And, you know, we we were all like when when you used to play against your boys, you always got that like whether it was rec league, whether it was competitive baseball, basketball, football, when your boys were on the other team, guys that you played with or guys that you grew up with, there was always that extra boost of energy. And that's like, you almost want it to show off and be a little bit cocky and have a little bit more confidence because you want to show your guys like, hey man, I'm still here. I'm still me. And for McCann coming over from the Mets, some of his guys are still over there. 
I feel like he, you know, that was in his mind. He definitely a little, little, little bit of a uh, fire under his butt, like in that game for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. And I guess the thing too is, uh, I think the theme continues for the Orioles of just another player stepping up. Absolutely. And so that's what you're seeing. I think even the Mets broadcast at times was referencing that the Orioles have in their mind, like 12 guys that could be everyday players, which right now you can a hundred percent make that case. So the Orioles are having different players step up at different times and look at me trying to segue this in, but how about guys stepping up? How about the bullpen for this series? And after being talked about, are they going to run out of gas? Do they have enough? And they really were nothing short of spectacular. Yes, the Orioles got out to early leads in the first two games, but your bullpen's job was to keep the lead and hold it. They didn't just do that. They didn't allow a single earned run. I'll say this. The Mets are on a bit of a snide right now, Mm -hmm. and they're on a losing streak, of course, and the O's helped with that. But they're not playing great baseball. It's a reason why they were sellers at the deadline. stripping this team from what they had. And when you come into this one after getting swept by the Royals, it's going to take some wind out of your sails right there. But to the O's credit, to the bullpen's credit, through three games, and this is a big stat, the bullpen did not give give up a single earned run. A single earned run. Cole Irvin did give up a run, but it wasn't earned. Mm -hmm. And to see that 0.00 for the bullpen, after all the questions we've had, the concerns we've had, did they do enough at the deadline? Is this bullpen going to be able to last and be as consistent come September, come October, those later months, playoff baseball? And right there against the Mets, Fujinami, oh. with his, I think that was his best appearance as an Oriole. I don't oh. think that's a hot take to say that at all. No, I think that's Just right on gas, man. It's right on the money. So everyone's seen today, for those that didn't watch, mm-hmm. or sorry, I keep saying that because the, the we release you know a day oh, stop. later. Yeah, whatever. We do that whatever. too much. We got to stop final, with it. People final probably day. roll their eyes when we go. Well, we're recording this on a Monday. I do it so much. They just, shut they, up, Rocco. Yeah, yeah that's shut up, Rocco. <laughs> shut up, Ryan. <laughs> shut up, Rocco. That's shut it. Up, just, Ryan. Just shut up, Rocco. <laughs> anyway, uh, Fuji finale against the Mets came in. Two things. What I loved about this. First off, he went nine pitches, nine strikes. He was one strike looking or swinging away because that ninth pitch was put in play from having an immaculate inning. For those that don't know what an immaculate inning is, it's nine pitches, nine strikes essentially, and three strikeouts. So he was one pitch away from completing that. So one, you saw him fully on display of that nasty hundred plus heater and a devastating split. And we know another person in the Orioles bullpen that has that same combo. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that I loved is that he came in in a close situation, especially after having the situation in Toronto where he came in with the bases loaded and he lost his control, right? This time you come in two nothing close game, still a pretty tense situation. The game's not out of reach and you come in and you dominate like that. That's just not a confidence booster for the Orioles. That's a huge confidence boost for Fuji to say in those situations, that moment is not too big. And if he can do that, yeah, the Orioles bullpen is going to look extremely different come postseason baseball. Dude, let me go through the pitches, the nine pitches. Please. Mile per hour. 100, 91, 90. Strike three. 101, 100, 102. Strike three. 
101-94-102, and that was a pop-out. That ruined the immaculate inning, but this dude is just throwing heat. And I'll say this, not just Fuji. We want to talk about Fuji because you look at what he did against the Blue Jays. I can't, yeah, it was against the Blue Jays when he ends up walking the bases loaded and then hits back-to-back batters and two-run score. Yep. And that ended up being the deciding factor really in that in that game. I mean, he he doesn't want to do that. He was probably beating himself up after that as well. But to come back and have the performance that he did, I mean, that that was definitely huge to be able to do that and I don't know, help this help this team win a game, man. I mean, that that was that was big time because his pitching was unbelievable. That was the best I've seen him throw as a member of the Orioles. And we got to credit Rip the rest of the bullpen as well. Cinel Perez, he picked up the win. He improves to four and one on the year. He went one and a third. Um, score, I mean, the whole team was scoreless. Obviously, they got the shutout. Then Cole Irvin comes in. He gets credited for a hold. One inning. Strikeout. 12 pitches thrown. And then Batista, man, picking up his 30th save. Yeah, but he only Straight got gas. one strikeout, you know, one inning, <laughs> one strikeout. He allowed the leadoff guy on. I mean, yeah. like, he's I mean, just, he's, he's really struggling. Yeah, yeah, he's only got a .85 ERA. I mean, but eh, You know what's like, funny? is like, everyone no. wants to find a, a something else to say why, like, why Felix shouldn't be in the Cy Young consideration, and I'm sick of it. I am sick of it. I don't care if he doesn't win the award. I understand it's so hard for a reliever to win the award, and then I'm going to go back to the rest of the bullpen. But I want to get this point out. Felix, what he is doing has been unbelievable. And I'm not asking you to crown him as the AL Cy Young, but he should be seriously considered because of the impact that he's had on this team. He's on the best team in the American League. He's given up one run since like May 25th. He's been the best reliever three out of four years, and he's still one of the top pitchers in strikeouts, like respectively, counting starting pitchers. And yes, his numbers, if you compare it to Eric Gagne, the final reliever that won this award 20 years ago, Batista's on pace to beat that. So again, Batista, for everyone that has doubts, you cannot doubt that he deserves every bit of credit to be in the running because he is having a truly special season. Whew, take a breath now, Ryan. Perez. <laughs> some passion in those words. That was some passion. And... uh um. I got to see Felix also too. I had to got to say what's up to him. He looks good. He's still massive. Um, yeah. But but anyway, uh, Perez though that, that was an interesting one you brought up, and I'm glad you did. I thought that was a really important outing for him, going one to third, a guy that's been up and down, and we saw what he was capable of last year. Incredible season. Not the same pitcher this year. That was a really big moment for him because if he can get back to form again, this bullpen just looks different. Than, than what people were envisioning. Perez has great stuff. He just hasn't had the results. Fujinami, great stuff, hasn't had the consistency. Not, These guys can do a lot. Yeah, and not only did they pitch well in this game, I mean, the bullpen was really the deciding factor. They were also having fun. Did you see Big Mike's interview, Mike Ballard's interview? You're a good kid, in Mike. the bullpen, they were messing with him. They tied his shoes together. Fuji even got in on the action. Like that. the new guy got in on the action. He's having fun. He like... Pulled, pulled like a fan up to him 
and was trying to like dump water in it so it sprayed all over him. I don't think it reached, but it's just like fun to see the guys having fun out there and just enjoying it and to be loose because this could easily be a, a very like uptight team that doesn't have fun, but they're still winning games. Mm-hmm. But like this group, they're having so much fun doing it from the birdbath splash zone to the sprinkler to the turn the faucet on to the homer hose, like to the bullpen doing all that stuff. Like they're like little kids, man, having fun. Little league baseball, just like you're, you're playing, you're playing out there with your friends, just enjoying life, enjoying winning. Obviously, it's so much more fun when you're winning ball games, but you really see the effect that winning is having on this team. Oh yeah, and by the way, it's not Big Mike's birthday. It's not Bauman's birthday, by the way. I didn't the, say it was his birthday. I know he had the birthday. Hat oh on. yeah, yeah. So just telling people, he didn't have was not his birthday. But to your exact, Do you know when his po- birthday is. Yes, it's in September. I'm not giving away his birthday date. Well, that's because you're looking it up right now. No, so you're, you're just a bad friend. I, well, that is not true. I, I am a is. great friend. I think it is. It's the 10th, but I, I don't think he'd appreciate that. He, what? Well, you just knew it. All right, there you go. I, you know what? I, I, I care about my <laughs> friends, okay? And a lot of these guys, and I will say this. Well, you didn't show up to my birthday party, so. You oh, know. my God. Here we go again. <laughs> Erroneous. <Scumbag. laughs> Erroneous on all accounts. Erroneous. And this is what, and this is what I got to deal with. Using big boy words now. In this, in this economy, this is what I have to deal with. Um, okay. So, but no, but any, yeah. in, all, in all seriousness, what, when guys have more fun, you are feeling more relaxed. And when you're more relaxed, you can go out there and, and play better baseball. How much fun do you think the 1983 team had when they won the world series? Probably a lot. They were probably living life. That off season was probably unbelievable. That season oh, in yeah. general, they were having a ton of fun, just having the time of their lives. I say that because the 83 team was honored. 40th anniversary of them winning the World Series. The third World Series in Orioles history. The last time the team has won a World Series. And a lot of those guys, they feel like this team has what it takes to get that done. Rick Dempsey, he spoke at the luncheon on Friday. The 1983 World Series MVP. The catcher. I mean, he, he was fantastic. I wasn't alive during that World Series, but watching the videos, hearing the stories seeing what these guys did. I mean, he was obviously a really key part of that World Series championship team. And Dempsey could be the catcher bias, but he thinks the Orioles can win the World Series because of Adley Rutschman and how he works with the pitchers. And he thinks that that's, uh, that's something that not a lot of MLB catchers, like they don't do what Adley Rutschman does. So to hear a guy that won the World Series MVP been there, done that, have high praise for basically the face of the franchise. That's big stuff. I mean, that's that that was really cool to hear. Yeah, the um there is it's been 40 years and it was great to see the celebration of the team, but think about that as and that was an awesome moment. And honestly, when you look at that group of guys and and some of them it was coming towards the tail end of their careers. You know, and on the, coincidentally with my dad, it was the beginning of his career. That was the second year. And if, if, was I, if I asked him, and I have asked him this, is if you really thought that would be your only shot to go back to go back to a World Series, he would have said no chance. There's going to be more opportunities, and there hasn't been. The mm-hmm. Orioles haven't been to a World Series in 40 years. So to see them celebrate, it means a lot to the community. We've seen that, obviously. But Rick's absolutely right that the effect that Adley Rutschman's had. I mean, you don't have to go and look. 
I, I'm a big person that you don't stats help you paint a story, mm-hmm. right? And we all know that the Orioles record since Adley's come up is so absurdly better. And not even like by a little bit. It's <laughs> you can pinpoint the exact moment where the Orioles culture here in Baltimore changed yep. is when he got called up. And they still haven't been swept since he's been called up. Exactly. Like and again, that's a stat. But if we're looking at it to the point that Rick called out, the way he connects with the pitchers, the way he gives the pitchers confidence. And I don't think that that was a coincidence at all. And he's right. I think for every uh, uh, for every team, if you look at their makeup, yeah, you look at starting pitching, obviously you look at who's got, who's what pitching staff can be good in the postseason. That matters, right? But playing, having a defensive backstop, and I look to another team that had a lot of success in the 2010 region or 2010 timeframe or that decade, sorry. Buster Posey and the Giants. And Buster Posey is one of the best catchers to ever play. And the Giants, I believe, won three championships. So Buster's impact was felt. I think Buster or Adley's having that same type of impact. And hopefully for the Orioles, they can chase as many rings as the Giants did during that stretch. That's what Adley has brought and can still bring to this squad. No, and it's really cool to see him after wins, smile on his face run up to the pitchers, does the thumbs up thing with Felix, gives him a big hug. He's all smiles. Like that was, that was honestly one of my favorite things watching the team last year and even this year. You'd always watch Adley, how happy he is after the win. And like, you don't see that all the time. Not, not that I'm not saying other catchers don't do that, but he's just all smiles and he's loving it. And he like really brings up the spirits of his guys. Yeah, And if you don't think that a guy's having a bad start and Adley's not talking him up and, you know, trying to get him back on track, I mean, I mean, you're wrong. It's, it's a catcher's job to do that. But I think the way he does it is so special because of the way he connects with these guys. And just talking about the atmosphere, man, like transitioning to that, that was unbelievable on Saturday night. And, you know, you can say what you want with it was a giveaway night, or it was the 40th anniversary, and that's why fans were there. Doesn't matter. The yard was packed, it was sold out, and the atmosphere was unbelievable, and the players fed off of it. Gunnar Henderson with that home run. You don't, you don't think that Gunnar, a guy that lives for those big moments, didn't notice the buzz of the crowd? And that buzz carried over from that pregame ceremony. Brandon Hyde said guys were coming out early to watch it because they wanted to see it. They didn't have to be out there at that point in time, but they were. Well, and that's the thing is you're seeing this is the last team in Baltimore that brought a championship yeah. for, in, for baseball. And you're seeing, I want to get to this level. That is my goal. That is what I want to bring back to the city and any baseball player out there. If you're a child, you're in your teenager, whatever it may be. For me, it was the same way. My goal, I wanted to, win a, I wanted to go play in the big leagues. I wanted to win a World Series. And you're looking at that that group of individuals that 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 group of individuals that was a team. Mm-hmm. They brought home that title, and the people in Baltimore embrace that, and they embrace this team right now. And there's a lot of belief that they can do that. And we're in the dog days of August. And I told you this earlier, Rock, when we did our uh, Sports Unlimited uh, segment for for uh, Fox 45. And the dog days are extremely challenging for players. Because you can kind of feel you're close to the end of the season. Your body's really starting to fatigue. Having your fans in the stands 
can just give you this extra plug. Imagine this is like when you're working out, you're doing everything. When you have a little <laughs> bit more motivation or someone that's pushing you yeah. and, and that gives you that extra oomph that you need, like those things matter physically, psychologically, mentally. They really do make a difference for players. Oh, for sure. And you got a uh, front row seat, basically, to all no, the action. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, you kind of did. You kind of no. did. You were uh, one of those 40 plus thousand fans in the stands. And number one, you didn't get me an invite. Number two, the only reason I knew you went to the game is because you showed up in your white or black, sorry, black or button down or Henley or whatever, V-neck, deep V-neck, caught in 4K in the suite. They put you on blast, so I put you on blast. You know what? Because it hurts. I didn't get an invite. I didn't get to do those cool things. Quite frankly, I'm very hurt by it. So what do you have to say for yourself? First off, I was just saying hi to some fans. Okay, and, yeah. yeah, you fans, know, yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, the, the podcast has blown up so much. They're just really big fans. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, actually, you know, <laughs> Coincidentally, just so many dates were were going through my mind. It just it didn't realize what was happening. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Hurt my feelings. Um, you were in a suite. I wasn't there. You probably got free food. I had to bring my meal prep into work. You see, you see what I'm getting at you right know now. What? That, that's looking out for your health. You know, I love ballpark food. You know, uh, and it, but it sometimes doesn't love me. You well, know. Yeah. Um, but I, I on a on a personal note, it was nice to. Uh, see some people that I've known since I was a child. Um, one of my dad's closest teammates um, that really impacted him, uh, John Shelby T-Bone, was great getting to see him, which some Oriole fa- old Oriole fans will really know, some won't. But there's just a lot of good people that have come through the time there. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I guess I got a little airtime. Um, I don't know if that's like the most flattering photo of me, uh, up there. Someone said you looked like a disappointed, I think it was a disappointed, uh, director of like oh, a play, yeah. a disappointed I, play cut. director. And I, I do, th- I do think that's, that's a pretty spot on resemblance right there. Yeah. You know, in that moment, exactly. I had yeah. my hand over my face. Uh, this is absolutely dreadful, yeah. you know? And, and honestly it was, did you see their, their postures were terrible for that? <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, though, I got to see a lot of things up up close and personal. Um, and I will say this, parking was absurd that night. But look, if parking's absurd and that means that we got a bunch of fans coming to the stadium, I, I will it. take that 11 times out of 10. Really awesome, really great moment. Um, and it was a really great game for the birds. No, the, the, the picture, I'm busting your chops right now. The picture of you, your dad, Jim Palmer, and T-Bone, it, it was really cool Who? Uh, to see. Who? 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 What? Are you an owl? What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it was good, but uh, I can't believe they let Calvin in the box. (laughs) Always always the best jokes. Yeah, yeah, he's a good kid. He's He's a good kid. You're a good kid. I'm I'm older than you, and so is your father, so. Uh, You You can't call us kids. I don't think that's... That's how these these things work. It's there. good seeing my kids young, grow up. Young whippersnapper. It's good seeing my anyway, kids grow up and have success. Anyway, so it was really cool to see um, Saturday night, and that that gives you a little taste of what the yard's going to look like when playoff baseball returns. So that was really cool, and I I just you know 
got, I kind of get goosebumps talking about it. I wish I got to go and I'm, you know, all jokes aside, but that would, that would have been a really cool game to be at. So shout out to the fans that actually got to go. You not inviting me. Yeah. Uh, shout out, I'm, shout out me for no, no yeah, invite. Yeah, exactly. Shout out you. But shout out the fans because yeah, you guys all up, made, made the up. environment and energy and yeah. kept Rocco out the building. <laughs> yeah. Kept me out the building. Nobody even knows who I am here. So it is fine. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Jack Flaherty making his first start with the O's. That was on Thursday or Friday of last week. I got my days mixed up. I think it was it was Thursday because Friday the Mets series began. Mm-hmm. So they get Flaherty, uh, 27 years old, really solid righty. and. He could be the guy for the Orioles. Um, does he have to be is what I'm going to ask you in about two seconds. Let me go through Jack Flaherty's uh, line, his final line. He got the win, improved to eight and six overall in the year. First one with the O's. Six innings pitched, four hits, one earned, two walks, eight strikeouts. Pretty phenomenal stuff in that game as well. So to that, I ask you, Jack Flaherty, does he have to be the guy? for this starting rotation joining the Orioles? No, he does not have to be the guy. But could he end up becoming the guy? Yes. And what I mean by that is that the Orioles pitching staff, the the starters, things have really rounded in the form. We've seen a lot of solid outings, especially over the last couple months. And they're pitching with as much confidence as any rotation, really, in Major League Baseball. But the reason why Jack can become the guy is because he has the ability to be dominant. And I don't want people to take that for granted or think that I'm being repetitive or redundant. And sometimes I am, but you know what? Deal with it. What, what I honestly am trying to get across is that in 2019, at just 23 years old, Flaherty was a Cy Young consideration. He had a sub three ERA, two seven five ERA. I remember how good he was that year, just watching him and not knowing his stats. One hundred and ninety six innings, two hundred thirty one punches. Like that is elite. And then twenty twenty was kind of you know a, a wild year. He had uh, only seventeen uh, uh, outings in twenty twenty one. Had a three two two, 
And then you're looking at 2022 and this year in 2023 and going, well, you know, pedestrian four ERA. And that's what I'm saying. Don't let the numbers fool you. If you are dominant before and you're still in your prime at 27, there is no reason why you can't find that. And that outing against the Blue Jays, and again, that was to take the series and to welcome yourself to the team. And his heater had some more velocity on it. Saw him get up to 96, 97, which I think were career highs on the season that like for for Velo. Um, but regardless, he showed you that he could end up being the X factor in one of the best trade values at this deadline. Fun fact about Jack Flaherty. I completely agree with what you're saying, by the way. I'm just oh, on his thanks. Wikipedia page. High school teammates with Max Freed mm-hmm. and Lucas Giolito. That is correct. That's pretty cool. Imagine facing those guys in high school. Dude, that's what I'm saying, man. All well, first rounders. He pitched, he played shortstop and third base. <laughs> he did it all. And he's just out there throwing gas. Yeah, those three guys. Um, that really, I don't think that would be a uh, fun time out there. So, you know. Nope. Glad we don't have to do that. Uh, also glad we don't have to fight anybody or each other because you see some of the guys that are athletes, some of them can fight, some of them can't, and it shows at points in time. Some of them are all about the smoke. Some of them don't want any smoke at all if there's a brawl. Uh, my first question to you, were you ever involved in a brawl? Second question, if you were, were you uh, the guy that was a coward? I'm just kidding. Um, or did you throw some, throw some punches in there and help your teammates out? So I, I never got into a fight that led to an actual like brawl. We've had some, some heated moments and benches clearing. Um, had some very tense moments, and I said some, some words a few times. I had a ball go over my head in short season twice. And the guy stared me down because like my the batter before me hit a home run. And I know the pitcher too. So I, I say a few words along the lines. You guys can use your imagination to being like, what the hell was that type of thing? You didn't use hell. No, I didn't use. You used the F word. Mm. You used definitely the, used the yeah, F word. F- used a few words. <laughs> Coincidentally, ran into him outside of uh, the, the stadium later that night. It was, it was getting some food and a couple drinks. And he's all buddy-buddy to me after. And uh, I just said, dude, I go, you know, what was that about? And he goes, oh, dude. I goes, I have perfect control. Like, you know, I have perfect control. I go, oh, really? So you can throw a strike every time if you want? You know where it's going? And he's like, dude, just chill out. I go, no, no, no. I said, you come at that spot again we're gonna have an issue don't buddy buddy me after and then that was kind of that we didn't fight nothing like that i've had other moments where bullpens have cleared but that was one that like i specifically i was a little bit more riled up like that i don't mess with that yeah Um, i wouldn't either that's that's some like i don't know it's baseball is like a weapon at that point when you're you're throwing at someone's head like that's that's crazy stuff and like i'm not a big you know, get a guy back by throwing at his head. If it, you want to, if you want to hit him, like whatever, hit him in the back, hit him in the, you know, the butt, but like hit hit him where it's a little, maybe a little bit meaty, but like to throw at someone's head, like the repercussions, first of all, like what the damage that that can cause, like that's some, some scary stuff right there. And I, I can't even imagine. And the, the, Time you have or the little time you have to get out of the way, it's crazy. So I bring that up because 
you know, it was funny. You say bullpen, Brad said, uh, he's like, it's always funny watching the, the guys come out of the, come out of the bullpen, like yeah. five minutes later. I think oh, it was yeah. Brad who said that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was funny because, um, it's like, it's always funny. Like the guys like jog out there like 10 minutes out. It's like the friends that are, that are late to the party that show up afterwards. Like after everyone's already there and settled, it's like, it cracks me up. So if you guys haven't seen it, I mean, the video basically went viral. Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez, I mean, it caused a benches clearing brawl, but those two had a little bit of a tussle of their own. So I'm going to play back the video real quick. Um, there's a play at second. Ramirez slides in head first. I don't know if he didn't like the tag from Anderson. I don't know if it caught him on the head, mm-hmm. the tag. Um, but Anderson kind of stood over him and was just, you know, standing applying the tag. Then it looked like Ramirez kind of reached up, like, help me up. I'm not sure. He might have been saying, like, what are you doing? But it cuts to the pitcher. And then the next thing you know, Ramirez and Anderson are finger pointing in each other's faces. And then Anderson takes his glove off, throws his fists up above his head. Like, he's like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do it. And they squared off. Anderson throws the first punch at Ramirez's head, misses. Ramirez comes back with like an overhand fist, ducks down, and just clocks Anderson right in the face. And Anderson folded like a chair, went back. Afterwards, the legs got wobbly. I mean, it was a crazy scene. It was shades of uh, Runeto Odor, Jose Bautista, like the punch that landed. Because few times in baseball fights do you see a punch land. It's, it's rare at times. You see guys swing and miss, swing and miss. Everyone comes in, breaks it up. It is what it is. But like, he got him right on the button, man. Right on the button. And that punch connected. And first of all, like... <laughs> It was like when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god!" It got it, it got it got him clean. Oh, it got him clean, man. It got him clean, and like legs were wobbly afterwards. And uh, you know that's that's the talk of baseball right now. I mean, that brawl. I don't even know if you wanted to call it a brawl, but that fight that day was the talk of baseball at that point in time. We're still talking about it, but we want to tie this in with the Orioles. So I wanted to bring up this segment. It's because there's fighters and there's lovers. There's guys that don't want to fight at all and won't fight. And they will be the guys that are just like, all right, we're breaking it up. They're, they're, they're the, you know, the mediators. They're bringing peace to, to everything. Yep. Top five O's active right now that you would least like to fight. You wouldn't want to get Jose Ramirez by and you feel like they could Jose Ramirez you. Yeah. Do you want me to start or would you like to? Are we doing the full list or are we starting one by one? We can, I'll give you I'll my let, five if you want to give me your five. If you want to start, give me your top five. And okay. It doesn't have to be in any order. It'd just be five Orioles. Five Orioles active on the team. You would not want to fight. Well, I just think based off of sheer size, Batista, which I also made the joke, I'd love to see him, you and him get in the ring. I would be. get out of that ring so fast. Like the boxer that actually did that. And that's what I responded to you. Oh, the yeah. boxer, there great... was a boxing match where the bell, it rang, and this guy literally just gets out of the ring immediately. And the other fighter's like, what the heck just happened? That would be me, me and Felix Batista. There would be no chance for him to fight me because I wouldn't let it happen. I would run so fast, and I'm not the fastest person in the world, but uh, I would be gone. 
Mm-hmm. I would run to a different state if I had to. I would not be fighting that man. Yeah, I mean, he, that's things. He's a gentle giant, but that's a guy you don't want to tick off. If you made him mad, I would hate to see that. Okay, so Batista's Batista's uh, piece, one. Batista's I think in Batista there. is both of our number one at the top of I our think, list. I think it's just off of, but I, I just say he's in the list. Cano's a guy I just wouldn't want to mess with. No, because Cano would knock you out and then pose over you like he does when he strikes batters out. <laughs> he would just like pose like that. And he's got a little bit of that. I'll say Gunnar Henderson. I, I've seen when Gunnar's frustrated, uh, and I, I've seen his athleticism. Not a guy I want to mess with. Okay. James McCann. I just feel like he's got that veteran. Don't mess with. I'll, I'll prove and show you. I was talking to my buddy today who's a Mets fan. Yeah. And he's like, have you seen James McCann? He's ripped. He's like, he is huge. He's like, you don't want to mess with that guy. Cause I brought this up to him. His name's Max. And uh, you know, the O's just swept the Mets, so he's in a very dark place right now. Sorry, but, Max. Yeah, you know, no, we're not sorry to Max. Max is the worst. All right, Max, you're the worst. Max is the worst. Exactly. Continue. So James McCann. James McCann. That's and, four. Oh, who's the other one? I will say this. I think. Austin Hayes is another okay. guy. Yeah, any I, guy I, who doesn't wear batting gloves when yeah. he when he's you know I I just I think that's like yeah it's it's just they're they're there. He's a tough guy. Oh yeah, but I mean th- those would be guys in the squad that I wouldn't want to uh, wouldn't want to tussle with. And there, there's there's a few other that I feel like would be sneaky. Oh yeah, like I know guys that probably don't want to fight. Like I feel like Cole Irving doesn't want to fight, but like I think he knows some moves. <laughs> he probably does. He and probably it's like, does. man, okay. Well, yeah. Glad I called that guy, you know? Yeah, exactly. All right, what you so, got? So, all right. My list is Felix Bautista. And the reason being, I mean, he's a monster. They call the guy the mountain. And he would just step on me. Like it would be game over. So Bautista is number one for me. No, no. No chance. Um, I would also go. Gunnar Henderson, mm-hmm. because number one, he's he's just a he's a big dude, yep. and you've seen him get frustrated before, yep. and he's got that country strength. Oh yes, he does. That's a real thing. Being from the South, he definitely has that country strength. So, Gunnar Henderson would not want to fight him. I'll throw Ryan O'Hearn in there. Ryan O'Hearn looks like a real serious dude, and like if you tick him off, like it's like a switch flips. And you just don't want to be in the same room with the guy when he gets ticked off. So O'Hearn is three for me, or just like, you know, my third. Then I'd go Santander in there. I think you got to put Tony Taters in there. Yeah, that's a good one. I wouldn't want to mess with Tony Taters. He seems he got a lot of smiles, but that's one of the guys. Oh, yeah, like the power he hits the ball with, just Anthony Santander. um, that's, That's a no for me. And then I think the last person I'd have to go with is probably Cano. When I was talking to my buddy Max, maybe, no, I think it was Max. He said Hicks. He said Hicks as well. He put oh, Hicks in there. Oh, that's a good, see, there's, they, but, got, they, got, they got a lot of fighters there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to fight any of the guys on this team. Absolutely But not. those are like the top guys for me. Like that's, that's my list of five. So, you know, some of the same, some different ones. I kind of like that. But yeah, it's... Uh, it just, it related to what happened with Jose Ramirez, Tim Anderson. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you ever get to that point, like, who's the guy in the O's that would, you know, not necessarily do that, but like, who would you not want to fight? So 
There's our top five. You got to send us your list. We put something out with that. So let us know who you would least like to fight on the O's, your top five as well. Let's uh, switch gears to Rip's Tips. What do you got for us? Have you had time to think? I don't even know what it is this week. You never know. I never it know is, what it is. Well, which is you don't great. Tell me. You don't tell me. I know. I think so. This, this for me, um, I try to relate things in it for it to be personal. And for this week is do not. I, I don't want you to feel a lot of people out there. I mean, it's a, I'm not articulating this well to start off. You don't articulate. But I, I was working with doing some lessons and hearing how much some young kids are worrying about other teammates, other kids, and feeling like they're going to embarrass themselves or, or they get then their heads and their emotions get the best of them. And I've kind of touched on certain things in the past here about, um, you know, trying to put your best foot forward. You can control what you can control. You know, I've used a lot of those things of patience, whatever it may be. Uh, but I think we all can relate when our emotions get too high. And we sometimes have these self doubts, or you just don't feel good about yourself. And some of these, one of the one of the the kids was uh, going for a lesson, or not for a lesson, for a tryout, and he and he get, felt like he froze up. And I go, hey, you know what happened? He goes, well, I just felt like I got you know in my head too much, and I felt like I was embarrassing myself. And I asked him, I said, are you do you feel like you're disappointing? You know yourself me your, he goes like i feel like everyone i've helped uh, i'm disappointing and it just reminded me it's like man we got to be we got to and as a kid it, it hurt for me to hear that because he's such I, I i love working with him but it's going to show that be supportive of the people around you and t- show them even in times especially for younger kids that hey you can give them har- harsh le- lessons and tough lessons but you're not disappointing them by going out there and failing at a sport. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think the point is to show that one thing isn't going to define you, but the last thing you want is for someone else to dictate or something else to dictate you going out there and having success. And this is where I'll tie it back to myself. I personally always wonder if I, I had a lot of opportunities with the name Ripken. I'm not going to say that I haven't with certain things, but I will say for a lot, I was in my head that I had to be perfect. And I got in my head, my, I let my emotions get the best of me, and that hurt me. And sometimes I wonder, could I have ever done it if I could have ever gone out of my own way? I don't know. Maybe, but I can honestly answer myself for a lot of times where I let my emotions get bad because I felt that I was disappointing my family at times, I was disappointing myself, and that weighed on me. So if my lessons here is we all go through this, whoever it is, make sure that they know you're not disappointing the people that love and care you first mm-hmm. and foremost. And secondly, don't let others ruin your moment because you're always going to wonder the what ifs and that. And that's something that I don't want. But again, there's a difference of being real with, with people and kids and anyone you love. And it's also them understanding that it is okay to fail. It is okay to go out there if you give it your best and it doesn't work out as long as your effort's there. But don't let them think that someone else should dictate how they go out and play their game or how they live their lives. That should not be the case. No, and I like that a lot, man. And that that holds true to everyday life. It holds true to baseball. It could hold true with the, the Baltimore Orioles this season, not wanting to disappoint the fan base. But in, in everyday life, it, it really... I mean, you, you just put things into perspective with with your last name, with 
you know, growing up a Ripken and you wanting to be perfect, it's, it's okay not to be perfect. Like you said, it's, it's okay to go, you, you know, like nobody's perfect. It's, it's just no. how life is. And if you, you think you are, you're, you're wrong. It's just not going to be the case. But in a generation where, you know, we grew up and it was like, it wasn't okay to, to feel a certain way at times. It's like, it was like, if, if there's, I'll say this, there's a difference between babying someone and like, you know, the, the participation trophy mentality is what I'm saying. Yeah. And then there's a difference between supporting them and picking them up when they're down. I think our generation needs more of that. Just yeah. this, the world as a whole, it's like, we, we get too mixed up sometimes in, you know, looking at one thing and trying to compare it to another thing. So it, it is big to support, lift people up. Um, and obviously to, to check in on those people too, and support them when you support them. So that's, I really, I really think that's what you said was just. I mean, it speaks volumes, man. It, yeah. That's big. And I mean, the thing was, and the the thing, the the the, the part of it was, is that when I, the example I was using, the family, friends, all of them are, are super supportive of the example that I give. I gave. It's just that that's the pressure that sometimes, in this case, the kid was putting on himself mm-hmm. because he has expectations. But then we can all relate of how many times you put added pressure, and that's why I bring on myself. I definitely added more stress onto my plate oh, there's no doubt. on top of it. And we all can do that. So my point is, how can we try to limit that? Because when you start getting in your own head and you start playing that game, that's where things get really dicey. And you get, and to be honest, when you start answering those questions, that that other voice in your head about the emotions and the what ifs, I can guarantee I can't remember one time I felt good after it. So again, it's it's the right thing to encourage. Um, at the right time and don't let people stand in the way of doing what you do and what you love. No, absolutely. Like I, I, I like that a lot, man. It's good stuff. That's real. And that's a rips tip for this. That week. is a rips tip. Let's hop into the O's mailbag. You got the tweets ready. I put do. that out. We Shall brought we it back. Rock it? We're going to jump into the O's mailbag, the rip and rock mailbag, not the O's mailbag. It's rip and go. rock right rip here. And rock mailbag. Yeah, but of course it's about the O's. So let's, let's, uh, let's see what we got. What do we got? Well, we're going to start this off with food. Okay, of course, my Joe, favorite. And, and it, is Joe? it Joe talking about boneless wings and bone-in wings, and how he thinks that boneless wings are uh, superior to bone-in wings, which he's completely wrong about? Joe, I will take that argument to the grave. You're not going to win this one, my friend. Well, uh, <laughs> it's not that one. This one's might not be. It might end up being controversial. What's better? What is better? A Polish sausage or an all-beef hot dog or an Italian sausage? And then if you, whatever of the options, if it's a sausage or a hot dog, what is your toppings? Do you put grilled onions, peppers, mustard? Uh, so I'm just going to go with a beef hot dog. Like that's my go-to. That's like the ballpark Frank. That's what you think of. And toppings wise for me, and for some reason, I didn't know when we started canceling this topic, I mean, this uh, topping on, on hot dogs. I've always been a ketchup guy with my hot dogs. I've always put ketchup on my hot dogs. I'm not never a been a mustard guy. guy, never been a relish guy. I've always done hot dogs and ketchup. Since I've gotten here, Stuggies opened my world to the loaded hot dogs and what they do. So that crab mac and cheese dog, oh. crab mac nation, that is unbelievable. I haven't so had it yet. If we're well, you you're you need to do yourself a favor and get over there. All right, Stuggies. They're the greatest I'm coming hot dogs. Over. They're the greatest hot dogs in Baltimore. Clear, and I will also clear, clear take schedule. that to the grave. 
Clear your schedule. Rock and I are coming over oh, we, for we some are, dogs. We are coming over for some dogs at Stuggies. But since I moved here, like I didn't know people put crab and mac and cheese and all this other stuff on it. And that's like the gourmet style hot dogs. That's like, I like that. I mean, the, the ballpark Frank, classic ballpark Frank for me with ketchup is always going to be the go-to. But I mean, these gourmet ones, man, they're they're phenomenal. So. If you haven't checked out Stuggies, you got to go check out Stuggies. They're fantastic. You got to. I, I gotta. I, I have to go in person and try this crab mac and cheese. We'll go together. Dog. Oh, we we'll have to. Roll in together. All we'll right. let them know. We'll, you know, the date's set. But to answer the question, then for this, um, I'm same thing. I'm an all beef hot dog. That's usually what it is. But I, having said that, I do love an Italian sausage. Not the Polish, just straight Italian. That's my option. Uh, moving on to the next question, Rock. Are you ready? I am ready. Shoot. Thank you. Yes. All right. This is interesting. Keep hearing whispers that Jackson Holiday might get called up by September this year. What does that mean? What does that do to team chemistry and to his own path as an upcoming talent for the Orioles? And that's from Mud Dog. Uh, Mud Dog, I think what that will do to keep team chemistry, I don't think you have anything to worry about as far as team chemistry goes because this is a very unselfish team. Different guys play different roles every single night. You see guys get moved around. I think the biggest thing with this roster is they want to win. So if Jackson Holiday can truly help this team win this season, I think that Mike, Eli- Mike Elias will call him up if he truly feels like he's ready. Jackson Holiday just had home runs in back-to-back games. He was just on the IL with an illness. Comes off, he hits back-to-back home runs. Um, I mean, this dude is going to be a future all-star, and eventually he's going to be one of the greatest Orioles to ever put on a uniform when he does get called up. I don't know if that's this year. We've said that it's, we really truly feel like it's going to be next year. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. And it would be awesome to see Jackson Holiday get called up this year. I just don't know if they are going to skip over the AAA phase after, you know, month, month and a half in AA or two months in AA and call them right up to the bigs. Like I said, I could be wrong. I could be wrong because he has hit the crap out of the ball at every level he's played at. But I think what we're going to see with the Orioles is we're going to see him move up. Like Adley Rutschman didn't skip double A to go right to the show. He had to go through the process. Gunner Henderson, Henderson, same thing. So I think with Jackson Holiday, we're going to see the same thing. I have to sneeze and I don't want to do it right into the mic. So I'm going to. Why don't you put that mic down? Well, I can't do that. Well, you just did that anyway, but answer the someone's eardrums out. Yes, you did. And that's all Rocco's fault. But uh, to the point, though, yes, I, I think it would, nothing would do with team chemistry, but I'm still holding you know, firm that I don't think he's going to be in Baltimore this year. And, not, and I would love, if he does, no one would be happier than us. This is not anything against Jackson Holiday. We just talked about how great we think he is. Yeah. We even talked about him in March, about how a transcendent of a talent. It's just looking out of it, and we're looking at what they did even with Gunnar Henderson. And Gunnar Henderson, who, you know, I... I've been very bullish on from the beginning, and I got to see him in person. And I think Gunner is going to be that all-star in Jackson could, but I think Gunner still – if you look at what Gunner did and his rise to the minor leagues, it was unbelievable, and he still didn't have that type of call-up. So my, my point is, don't hold your breath. Hopefully, if, it, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, but it will not affect team chemistry whatsoever. All right, next question. You ready? I am. Okay. So – 
kind of on this this topic of between the Miners and Orioles or with the big league team, what lineup would the O's put forth if they wanted to play the best nine position players in the organization? I was honestly just thinking about this. Like I in my head, I was thinking about the best lineup they could put. So so what is and this Rick time? Rick Rick asked what lineup would the O's put forth if they wanted to play the best nine position players in the organization? Example including the guys in the minor leagues. Okay, including the guys in the minor leagues that are okay. So for me, it would be my catcher would be Adley Rutschman. My third baseman would be Ramon Arias. My shortstop would be Gunnar Henderson. At second base, right now, I think you'd want to go Westberg, but you could go Frazier. Um, but I think Westberg, if you're talking kind of future and and this team maybe looking for a deep playoff run, Frazier off the bench, maybe as a pinch hitter, or you put him in late in the game. At first base, depends, but. I think the way Ryan Mountcastle has been hitting the ball as of late, I know Toronto was a big thing. I mean, he kills it in Toronto. He might as well name the stadium after Ryan Mountcastle in Toronto. Rogers Center should be the Ryan Mountcastle Center mm-hmm. or the Mountie Center. Um, I'd put Mountcastle. You could go Mountcastle. or that, that, That's the thing about this team. There are so many talented players on the roster. You don't know because O'Hearn, you hit him against, you know, right-handed pitchers. Um, or what is it? I can't think off the top of my head right now. O'Hearn, you want him in with righties. Correct. Mount Castle, you want him in with lefties. lefties. Yeah, because O'Hearn's not as, you know, not as success- not as successful yeah. against yeah, left-handed yeah. pitchers. That's like I'm getting my. I think I'm dyslexic or something. But so I go Mount Castle at first. I'm just gonna go with it. Right field, you go Santander. Center field, Cedric Mullins. Left field, Austin Hayes. Um, and then, poof. DH, or you know what? I'm going to change it up. I'm going to DH. Nope. I'll DH O'Hearn right now. What do you think? So I, I think with the question, as much as saying the best nine organization, I just think it's, I don't like to always oh, he's play. talking about in the minors. No, too. but I don't like to play. I, I, I will say this because I, I won't That's fully sorry, answer it in that way. That, Rick. Yeah. Well, well, good. Good, you're confused. You Rock. could do the you could do the right one. No, 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 no. But the thing is, I don't like to even say the best because I don't think it's fair to the guys even in the big leagues because everyone always has this perception that you look at your guys that they're going to pan out. Yes, like if there's going to be two guys I'd add to the list right now in the future, Jackson Holiday, and can you name the other one? Yes, Heston Kerstad. And I want to change up my thing real quick. I would put Kerstad in right field and I DH Anthony Santander. That's so good. that would be my ideal lineup because I forgot about that whole thing. But yes, continue. My so, so the point is with prospects, as exciting as it is, that's the part of what you try to figure out. Are the prospects going to have this type of success at the big league level? Mm-hmm. Because look at the players in the majors for the Orioles that are having all this success. And it took time for them to become who they were. And also it doesn't always pan out at that point. So you can look around. Ryan O'Hearn, it took him a while to find a home, and now this year has been great for him. Cedric Mullins took a couple of years to get going. Yeah. Same with Hayes, Santander, and they are playing you know, fantastic baseball. Then you have the premier top prospects like Gunner and Adley. So I'd say of the two, if we added in, Jackson Holiday, give him another year. Yeah, he's that's in what, the that's equation. That's what I'm getting at with him. Yeah. Kerstad. He's ready. Kerstad's ready, yeah. Kerstad's ready, but there's not the room at the moment. But that that dude, I I, I yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big big believer in, in what he does, but I just like to give credit to the lineup because as great as the positional for the organization is, the guys that are up there right now. But I like the list that you gave out, and Westberg's one of those guys as well. It's just 
You want to see what what plays out, but I hope that answers. Holiday and Kerstad for sure would be ones in the future. Okay. Let's do one more, and then we'll we'll rock and cover the cover and move on and the Astros, and then we're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do 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 do. Oh, that's a good one. Last people like listening to us talk for an hour. I don't even like listening to myself. Wow, I think you know what? I think we have a great. Uh, community that we've built. They might not <laughs> like you. They probably don't like me either. Uh, but in all seriousness, like, thank you for putting up with all of us. You guys are amazing. Yeah, uh, don't let Rocco's self-loathing over there bring you down or me down. Whatever. He's giving me the right, look continue, again. You're the continue. one that sneezes into the mic. Continue. Who has a more dominant postseason run if they came out of the bullpen? Tyler Wells, John Means, or D.L. Hall? Thank gonna, you, Dave. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's that's. Dave, I don't know right now, man. I think I think my, you know, if I'm a betting man, it's going to be Tyler Wells because Means and DL Hall have both uh, suffered setbacks. We don't know when they're going to be up. The the hope with Means was late August, early September. We still don't know if that's going to happen or what his timeline is. DL Hall, he's back up in triple a right now after that that stint in the fcl or fl flc FC, what is fcl FCL, florida complex league yeah, yeah yeah sorry 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 but um i think right now if you're gonna ask me and you, you know you can knock tyler wells for the home runs allowed and given up but i think this is a guy that was taxed because he pitched so much we went over the numbers in last week's episode before the all-star break how many innings he pitched compared to you know obviously after the all-star break it's just like his arm is 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 taxed. I think you get Wells in a bullpen situation, I think he's going to be the guy. Because former starter turned bullpen guy, I think the O's, their pitching staff, which has been very, very great, like they're coaching, um, I, I think it's going to be Tyler Wells. That's my answer. What about you? I think I think if you're using by just your your head, it's Tyler Wells just from health standpoint, absolutely. The feel-good story that would just – have Baltimore all excited and amped up as if John Means came back and shoved yeah. out of the pen. It, it will be really sick, though, to see D.L. Hall, Fuji slash Cano, and then Batista just throwing gas, 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 gas. Oh, yeah. I mean, D.L. has the most upside of those three just as far as his, his velo is concerned and, the, and his yeah. ability. But I'd still say the feel good would be John Means, but the head is still saying that Tyler Wells because why he is still the healthy guy on the staff and he has proven to be extremely valuable this season. We're going to close that mailbag for now. So thank yeah. you all for for doing that. And Rock, we don't have to dive too much into the Astros and, no, and O's no. for time, but it's safe to say this series is we've said each series is the biggest series, but. This one is going to really be a telltale sign. I'll give you my reason, but yeah. you take it over. No, looking looking at who they have left, left on the schedule, um, this series is going to be so big because it's this is a playoff team, the Astros. And not only are they a, a playoff team, getting Verlander back and coming off the World Series last season, they're one of the favorites in my mind to represent the American League in the World Series, as they should be. and. They just got the guy back that helped them win a World Series a season ago, getting Verlander at the deadline. I mean, Houston is in win-again mode. They've had the success. This roster, when you get into October, it's scary because 
they have the experience, man. And, and once like regular season aside, if you get there and you've been there before, you're going to be a scary team to face. So I'm not saying this is a playoff preview, but it is. It's because we're not in October yet. We're, we're not into the late, the late, 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 late months of the season as far as September. We're almost there, but we're not yet. So this three-game series, though, it's going to not only show how the O's stack up with the Astros, but what they maybe what they need going forward. And obviously, the trade deadline's passed. It's, it's not about needs with trades and all that stuff, but bringing guys up, getting guys in the right place, where this team needs to be at. Because you got your young, hopeful ace, the guy you want to be your ace going forward, getting that first start against a guy that just pitched a no-hitter in his last start. Or did yep. Framber pitch? I, I know he pitched a no-hitter, but I, don't, I've, I can't remember if he pitched again since that. I'm not positive on it, but I don't think he did. Regardless, so, yeah, he anyway, just threw he a just no-hitter. threw a no-hitter a week ago. Grayson Rodriguez go, going up against him, and that's on TBS. So that's like national audience tuning in. And then you go Jack Flaherty against Christian Javier for game two. That's Wednesday night. And then that third night, that series finale, that's going to be Dean Kramer against Hunter Brown. And Hunter Brown is 8-7 and seven this season with a 407 ERA. So it's three pretty solid pitching matchups, Rip. Um, it's, it's blockbuster, and it's must-see it TV. Is, it is must-see TV. And, and that's actually um, that's something that we'll, we'll talk about more in the future. But the biggest thing, and this is why, until the Astros are not in the playoffs or they are completely out of it, this is the team, to, in my opinion, that still is the team you have to go through in the American League. I, I know what the Orioles have done. They're the best team right now in the American League. They've done everything. You have a team in the Orioles that doesn't fear anybody, and you also have the World Series champions that have been to multiple ALCSs and World Series that know how to handle the big moments. This should be must-see TV for <laughs> all O's, Astros, and baseball fans around. No, I agree, man. And it's it's going to be a big series, big three-gamer. And uh, this this is like what you want to see, these matchups going forward, because it gives you a little taste of uh, playoff baseball, the atmosphere. I don't know how packed the yard's going to be. I would hope that there's 30,000-plus for all three of these games at least. I don't know if my wish will come true. We'll see. I'm trying to go Tuesday night with a few of my buddies. So I'm pumped to see that that first game of the series because it's when I have my off days, sometimes I'll go over. A lot of the times I will when I'm off Monday, Tuesday, it gets tough with like, you know, the Ravens training camp and everything because you're tired, oh, yeah. but I want to go to that game Tuesday night and see that series opener. And uh, you guys are over there, run into each other, say what's up. Um, and if this is an open invitation for you, because actually, oh. unlike you, I invite my friends, people I do podcasts with to uh, baseball games. Well, I, who else are you doing a podcast We might not with? be able to, you know, sit in a suite together, get, you know, picture with two Hall of Famers as well. And that, but, you know, it, it is. It what might it be is. hard for people to believe. I don't think I've been in a suite in like 20 years there, first and foremost. So I don't want to hear all that. Are we but supposed I, to feel bad for you? No, I'm just saying I hadn't been there and I go for, for 10 minutes to say hello. But you know what? I digress. Anyway, by, by the way, Jim Palmer in that picture that you took, and I think he gave you a shout out today on Masson. So, um, he, he would like an invite. I think that's what he said to your podcast. He might not want to come on this one. He, he has no clue who I am, but your podcast, 
you got to extend the invite, man. Like you, you're getting called out on national TV. You're getting caught in national, you know, in 4K on national TV. Well, not national I, TV, Masson. So, uh, <laughs> local TV, the uh, the network TV's got you. I have I have extended the invite to Jim, and uh, we're gonna have that in the works. So stay tuned on that. And I'll be at 105.7, uh, the fan down at Pickles Pub doing pregame Tuesday and Wednesday. Come swing by, and that includes Rocco as well if he wants to. But that's all I got. I know you want to keep ragging on me for all of that. I do. I do. But we got to get out of here because it's we're wrapping up the episode. So you can find us on Twitter, Ryan Ripkin and Rocco DeSangro on Instagram, R DeSangro on Instagram, Ryan Ripkin. This podcast is on. Let's see if I do this correct. Spotify, Amazon, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please rate, review, let us know what you like, what you don't like. We need to get our numbers up with those uh, ratings and reviews. We have, I think, two reviews. Two reviews. Shout out to the uh, only two reviews we have on Apple for Rip and Rock. I don't know what Spotify is looking like. Uh, we got we got a few reviews, but we only have eight ratings. We got to get the numbers up, people. Come on. Help us out. Rookie Whether numbers. Whether you don't like us or you like us, you can give us a one star. I would hope you don't give us a one star, but no. let us know. Let us know. Five stars. If you are- listen to the podcast, all you got to do, <laughs> hit that little star right there. Or all five of them. Or maybe four. Yeah, Ryan, sure. For Ryan's podcast, maybe give him like two. Yeah, whoa, 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 I'm whoa. I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, yeah, but, but anyway, we, we just want to continue to make this better for each and every one of you out there. And we really appreciate the support and, and love. And we try to reciprocate as much as we can. Um, that's all I got, Rock. Any closing words here? No, that's it. Appreciate you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Bart Scott, can't wait. See you guys. See ya. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.